Well, good morning, everyone. My title this morning is Three Parables About Prayer. And one of the problems with parables is that we can be so familiar with them that we miss the impact. We just say, oh, yeah, I know that story. And we don't really hear and connect with the power of what it is saying. So my my goal this morning is that we would fully take in these strong statements by Jesus, which will change our beliefs about prayer. And I'm going to look at three parables, and they're going to be um, the neighbor at midnight, the parent asked for an egg, and the lazy government official. And I want you to understand today that this is not Andrew's teaching on prayer. This is Jesus teaching on prayer. I want him to be speaking through his words today. Because if you can just listen to what he's saying, it is so powerful and it will change your view of prayer. So let's begin by looking at Luke. And all we're going to be looking at today is Luke. We're going to look at two sections in Luke. But we're going to start by looking at Luke 11 and verses 1 through 13. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, honored be your name, may your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And do not lead us into temptation. So uh, this reads very similar to the Lord's Prayer, which we read in Matthew. And you probably thought I was reading the Lord's Prayer to start with. Then you thought, well, that was a little short. So uh, people who don't believe the Bible is God's word will point to this and they'll say, well, this is a different wording to the one in Matthew. You know, the Bible is disagreeing with itself. But I want to suggest to you that Jesus probably gave this example dozens of times during three and a half years. There wasn't just one time he was asked how to pray. And so so just as um, his teaching, his parables, he probably gave many, many different times in three and a half years uh, because he was in lots of different places and he would have repeated the same parables. So if you find something in one gospel which doesn't match up word for word with something in another gospel, the chances are they were remembering two different occasions, which can be very helpful because you can you can see richness in the difference between them. So immediately Jesus goes on now to a teaching on prayer, which is the focus of our first parable this morning. Then he said to them, would any of you have a friend whom you went to at midnight and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine has stopped here while on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Who would, who would reply from inside, do not bother me. Now, I want you to understand the way this is working. Um, the assumption this is no, the answer to this question is no, of course I wouldn't treat a friend like this. So he's saying, would any of you do this? No, of course not. Who would reply from the inside, don't bother me, the door's already shut, and my children are in bed, I cannot get up and give you anything. No, in that culture, I tell you, even though he may not get up and give him anything out of friendship, yet the very boldness of the request will make him give, will, uh, give him all he needs. 
And we need to know that, um, that, that in that culture, it would be unthinkable not to answer a request like this. A very high value on hospitality. And it would be shameful not to respond in this way at this time. Um, so I'm going to tell you a story now, which is, which is, um, almost unbelievable. And it's, uh, a number of years ago, I was going to be preaching the first time I preached on this passage. And as I was going to bed on a Saturday night, I said to Anne, what would be a modern equivalent of this parable? What would be equivalent today of this parable? And we talked for a bit. We couldn't think of anything. So I, I went to sleep. But I'd forgotten to turn my, to put my, my phone on mute. So guess what happened? I got, God has got a sense of humor. So I actually got a text message. Guess what time? Just after midnight. Okay, I got a text message. Guess who it was from? My neighbor, right next door. Can you imagine that? Like, that God would do that just as I'm about to preach this, he did. <laughs> I guess what kind of thing he wanted. It wasn't actually loaves of bread, but it was... Um, it was, uh, here, here, I'll put the message up. Uh, hey, Andrew, I sort of remember that you might have a fancy machine that can jump start cars. One of the boys seems to have left the interior light on in my car, and now it won't start. So I was wondering if I might borrow your machine. <laughs> he wants to borrow something just after midnight for an emergency. And so I didn't actually respond uh, right then, because I figured he could wait till the morning, but in the morning I... We connected and I lent him my battery charger and everything that was, was sorted out. And, um, uh, I told him the story and he's not a Christian. And I, I, uh, thought, well, it's, it's good to tell him the story. And, um, if he'd said, I want it right now, I would have taken it to him right, right then. He didn't need it till the morning. Um, so, so I thought it was quite extraordinary that God should give me this example just as I was after I was asking Anne what would be an equivalent example. So it still holds true today, even in Cabbage Town. So, um, uh, let me then ask you a question. Um, what about you? Would you get up in the night if there was a friend who had something, wanted something from you? Um, how much more and this is the point of the parable. How much more, if a friend would do this for us, or a neighbor, how much more would God do this for us? Um, one of the, the um, most um, uh, important books that's been written on the parables, an academic book, but it's very readable, um, by a man called Klein Snodgrass, Stories with Intent. On this parable, he says, is God of such a character that he responds to prayers? This is the question the parable is addressing. The parable answers, of course, well beyond what a human might do, God would re respond. Jesus' conviction is that God is a God who eagerly hears the prayers of his people, is biased in their favor, and can be trusted to respond. In the parable is an invitation to pray Surely, if you would ask for and expect help from a neighbor, how much more would you ask and expect help from God? So, 
Um, the, the real question then is, what's God's heart towards me? Um, let, let me let me tell you a story. A number of years ago, I was doing some consultancy work at a, at a client, and um, I forgot my wallet. And when it came to lunchtime, I thought, what am I going to do? I've, I'm going to be hungry all day. Um, who can I ask to borrow some money? And the person I knew best was my boss. So I said, you know, I forgot my wallet. Could I borrow some, some money? And he, he lent me some money and I was able to have lunch. So um, I want to ask you, supposing you needed to borrow some money right now from somebody here, how would you decide how to, how, who to ask to borrow, who to borrow money from? Right now. Somebody who has money to spare, okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to guess somebody that you know fairly well. Yeah, that's what you're going to say. What, what else? Who, who else? Somebody you thought wouldn't be upset with you. Um, so um, let me then ask you: If Jesus was here, actually sitting here, would he be somebody you'd ask for money? Well, you're probably going to think, "No, I wouldn't want to bother Jesus with something like that." That is the heart of the problem this parable is addressing. We don't want to bother Jesus with something like that, with something small, with something petty. You know, I've got some prayer request, and it's not really that. It's not really worth bothering God about it. It's just a little thing. And this is the, the, the heart of what the parable is addressing. Get rid of the idea about God that you can upset him by asking for something. He is not like that. We can bring small things to him. If a neighbor would give it to you, surely God will. Actually, our neighbors borrow stuff from us all the time. I'm doing a recipe. I've run out of onions. Do you have any onions? That sort of thing, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So this goes on all the time. Um, So uh, um, have you ever done anything really stupid and you feel you can't ask God about it? Uh, You know. So you fear, I, I'm just, um, yeah. And um, so I, there was, um, I was talking to somebody this week and they, and there was something they got, they were, they were doing and they just felt, I don't have enough willpower to stop doing this. I really should stop it, but I don't have the willpower. Um, should I pray God, to God just to take it away? And I said, yes, of course. Like God's not going to say to you, no, you've got to have enough willpower to do it, to stop this yourself. No, he's not like that. And we come to him with his presupposition that we only bring things that measure a particular standard and, and it's got to be this important. It's got to make us, make us look right. And this is the lie that Jesus is trying to address in this parable. We can think, I've done this so stupid, this, this thing that's so stupid, I must, I can't bring it to God. And even if there's no friendship, People would would bring it and, and ask ask somebody to help. Um, I um, a while ago my car ran out of battery and I was actually stuck in the middle of the road and I needed a push. And what did I do? I just grabbed somebody walking along the side of the street and said, "Please, would you help me push?" And of course he did. You know, and this is a random stranger. And so, why do we think that God, who loves us so dearly and gave His Son for us, wouldn't help us in this? So uh, this is the first, and this is such an important message to take in about God and about, and about prayer. So this was the first one. 
I'm now going to talk about the verses go on immediately into some more teaching on prayer, and then we're going to look at the lazy government official. So the next few verses go on. And so I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Now, this, of course, doesn't mean every single prayer that you ask for, no matter how inappropriate, isn't going to be answered. That's, I'm sure you know that, and that's a subject for another sermon. But God will always hear and always listen to what you're saying. What father among you, if your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead of a fish? What father among you? Well, a very, very evil father would give a child a snake instead of a fish. That would be a very evil father. Or if you ask for an egg, would he give him a, a scorpion? What kind of a father would do that? If you then, even as bad as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give? Um, and we're going to come to that dot, dot, dot in just a minute. But the question is, is this another how much more argument like the first parable? If, if somebody on earth would do this, how much more will your heavenly father do this? Have you ever asked for something and you wish you'd never asked? It doesn't happen very often, but I do have an experience. When we started New Life Church, we were hosting our video online at a company called Blip TV. Uh, who were competitive to YouTube, and uh, they would host it for free without advertisements. And um, so we had an account with them. And uh, one one day, I, one of the sermons I couldn't couldn't download properly, and they had a help button on the website. And you'd think pressing a help button would get you help, wouldn't you? So I pressed the help button, and and uh, I filled out the request and so on. A message came back a while later that said. We've reviewed the content of the videos you're uploading. We do not like it. We're removing all of your videos from our site. So there you go. That was a snake when you're asking for an egg. So, um, the, by the way, Blip TV are no longer in business, but, um, that was, uh, that's another story. Um, so what is God's heart? Uh, does he want to bless you? Is he really for you? Now, I said I've left that verse 13 hanging with a dot, dot, dot. Can anybody tell me what, how it goes on? Yes, with a spirit. If you then, even bad as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And uh, this is how the logic works. This is actually the largest possible gift that God could give you because the Holy Spirit is himself. It's his presence living within us. Just imagine if God was to give you a box and say, this is a present for you. Uh, this is, this is a, uh, you can have this. And you open it up and inside it's himself. He's giving himself to you. That is the biggest present. And the spirit is him living inside us. It's a gift of himself. And so that's the point of this, of this, this argument. He's, if he's going to, if he's given us himself to dwell within us, how would he deny us any good thing, any good gifts? So, uh, 
That's, that, those, that's the first block of teaching that we have then on prayer with these two parables. The neighbor at midnight and the parent asked for an egg. And now we're going to look at the, the lazy government official. So what's really interesting here is that when you look at the structure of the Gospel of Luke, it's quite, it's quite neatly, it's very well organized as a, as a piece of writing. And right in the middle is a section which the, uh, which scholars call the travel narratives. And it's quietly distinctly marked out as, you know, Jesus travels and, and the things that happen while he's traveling. And that block in the middle is bracketed by two teachings on prayer. That are, both of them are parables. And they're like bookends to this travel narrative. And we've just been considering the first block of teaching on prayer, which is the one we just, which is the, the, the Luke passage we've just been looking at. And now we're going to look at Luke 18, which is the, which is the second block on prayer, which ends the travel narratives. So these, I think, should be taken together. They fit beautifully together and they mirror one another. So here's Luke 18. Then Jesus told them a parable to show them they should always pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. There was also a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. That's all she could do was to keep coming. She, uh, in, in that culture, the widow was um, didn't have uh, resources. They often would be on, on the poverty line. They wouldn't have anybody to, to stand up for them. It would be very, very tough for them. And all she can, and she's being abused by an ab- adversary. She can't bribe the judge. That's probably what he wants. And she just ha- all she can do is keep asking, 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 asking. And for a while he refused. But later on he said to himself. Though I neither fear God nor have regard for people. In other words, I don't have any motivation here apart from being annoyed by this woman. Yet because this woman keeps on bothering me, I will give her justice. Or in the end, she will wear me out by her unending pleas. So again, the argument Jesus is making in this parable is from the lesser to the greater. If this is true in a human situation, how much more is it true with God? So um, if a human neighbor will help us in the middle of the night, if a wicked judge will eventually answer us, how much more will God answer our prayers? So let's read the, uh, the end of this parable. The Lord said, listen to what the unrighteous judge says. Won't God give justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long to help them? I tell you, he will give them justice speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faithfulness on the earth? So that last pit bit is added on, I believe, to say that, that we don't, even though this teaching is clear, even though Jesus has been giving us his parables, we're not good at receiving them. We're not good at having faith in God and entrusting in him in prayer. So, this is again is a, a comparison between a human hearing and God hearing. And another quote from Klein Snodgrass, the parable is not about persistence in praying or badgering God until we get our desires. 
It's simply about not giving up. So the parable isn't we have to keep making God God uncomfortable until he answers. Not we've got to kind of make life miserable for him until he answers. That's not the point. The the comparison here, when Jesus begins the verse, the parable, he says, this is a parable to show how they should always pray and not lose heart. So this is telling us we shouldn't lose heart when God doesn't seem to be answering our prayers. Because if he's delaying, it's for a good reason. It's not because he doesn't care about us. So this is simply about not giving up. The, the character of God, who's not like the uncaring, unrighteous judge, but he's merciful, patient, and eager to assist his people. Um, so what is it? what happens when God doesn't seem to be answering? When he doesn't, we can get discouraged, we can give up praying, we can feel that he doesn't care about us. And... We can um, lose faith in him. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories now about God answering after a long time. So, who's heard of, heard of the hymn Amazing Grace? Okay, anybody not heard of the hymn? Apparently, it's the best known hymn in the world. So, does anybody know who wrote it? Newton, yes. John Newton, his name was. Um, so John Newton, um, John Newton's mother uh, prayed for him. She was a Christian, and she never gave up praying. And John Newton, as a young man, joined the Navy, and then in the Navy he had other incidents happen. He ended up by joining a slave ship, and and his life was horrific. People would. Uh, even other sailors were surprised at how badly he swore, like he even embarrassed them. And uh, one day, yet his mother kept on praying. She prayed her whole life. She prayed. She died and never saw her prayers from this earth answered. Of course, she saw them answered from heaven. And one day, there was a storm that was so bad that they thought they were sure the ship was going to sink. And he realized that he was going to meet his maker. And he prayed, God, if I survive this storm, I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to give my life to you. And the storm abated miraculously. And when they landed, he started seeking after God. It didn't happen immediately, but it was a a, a journey. And he came to faith and had an amazing life, not just writing that hymn, many other hymns and many other things he did in response to his mother's prayers. And his mother never gave up praying. And God answered that prayer. The other story I want to tell you is from the Bible. It's from Luke 20, Luke 2, verse 36. There was a woman in the temple called Anna. She was a prophetess and she was in her 80s when Jesus came in. And it says that uh, when she was quite young, her husband died. And after a short time, she gave herself came to live in the temple and to give herself to a life of prayer. And we can guess it was something like 64 years she'd been praying in the temple. And just imagine every day she's praying for God to, 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 to save Israel, to send the Messiah and so on. 64 years every day. And one day a baby comes in and something inside her says, that's the one. That's the one. Can you imagine what that must have felt like for her? She saw the answer to her prayers after 64 years faithfully praying she didn't give up what a story so so um 
I, I want to uh, end by just telling a story about myself. So a number of years ago, uh, I uh, had um, I was um, discouraged that God wasn't answering my prayers. And the problem was, what I'd done was, I got a list of things to pray for, but I was going to pray for the first one until that was answered. Then I was going to stay pray for the second one, and then I was going to pray for the third. And the problem was, it didn't seem like God was, the first one was God was going to answer right away. I'm sure he will answer it, but I didn't feel he was going to answer it right away. At least I realized he wasn't going to. And so I just got stuck on that one. And I, I realized that that wasn't the way to go about things. And so I, I had a, a longer list of things to pray for. And then as God answered them, I could cross them off and add other things to them. And that worked much better. So my biggest prayer right now um, the, sorry, uh, the, the best prayer that you can pray uh, right now is, um, God, forgive my sins and give me a new heart that will worship you. And if you're not a Christian today, if you're not following Jesus, I would urge you to pray that prayer. Because if you pray that prayer, I can guarantee God will answer it right now. You won't have to wait 20, 30, 65 years. Just say, God, please forgive my sins and take them away and give me a new heart that wants to follow you. Now, both of these parables are really about the character of God. They compare a human to God. If such and such a person will do this, then you will do this. And I'm going to sum up my message today with three slides summarizing these three parables. And my prayer is, my prayer this morning, is that you will take this in. That you will really engage with this. You will hear this as the words of Jesus and it will affect your prayer life. So a very, very quick summary of each of these three slides. Number one, three sermons. Number one, better than a neighbor. If you would help your neighbor who's in need in the middle of the night, how much more will God who's so much better than just a neighbor, hear your request for help. That's the first. The second, better than your own mother or father. If earthly parents know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will the God who loves his children so much give them the best gifts? And the third one is the last, the other one is better than a government official. If a government official will eventually listen to you, if you don't give up, how much more will the God who cares about you listen to your prayers? I want to challenge you this coming week that your prayer life will change. I want you to do two things now. The first thing is we're going to be praying for something right now. And I want you to choose something and it can be really, really small. Okay, it can be I giving you permission to pray for something really small or it can be really big. But we're going to pray for it in, in, in about 30 seconds. We're going to pray for it. The other thing that I want you to do, and this is you can do this when you get home today. I want you to write a list of things that you're going to pray for in the way that these parables are saying you should. And I want you to commit to that. I want you to write a list, maybe five to ten things. And I want on that list you to consciously think God is better than a neighbor. God is better than a parent. God is better than a government official. 
I'm going to pray these prayers to a God who's better and loves me more and hears me better than those three things. And so those are my two assignments for you right now. My challenge for the week. Um, so that's my, my uh, challenge. And I want to answer by saying, be patient. Don't give up. Be patient on the one hand. Don't give up, but keep praying. So what I'd like us to do, maybe we could all stand if you're comfortable with that. And we're going to actually bring a, a prayer to God right now. And the worship team can come out to lead us in just a moment. So I want you, I'm going to pray and I'm going to give a little gap in the prayer and you can pray your prayer to God in that, in that space and then I'll continue. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these three amazing parables about prayer that is so encouraging. And as a response to that, we want to bring a prayer to you right now. Just pray now. And Father, we thank you that you are listening to us, that your heart for us is so wonderful. And Lord, we pray that you would change our view of prayer, change our practice in prayer as a response to these words of Jesus. Lord, we ask it. We ask it. We bring it to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.